Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, or check out slutsandscholars.com. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Simone. And I'm Nicoletta. And this week, we have Isabella Frappier, who is a holistic women's wellness coach. She was raised on a mountain in a forested area of Australia, (laughs) and she has spent the past 10 years voraciously learning about plant medicine, womb wisdom, sensual sexual power, intuitive ancient teachings, witchcraft, and the art of tarot. Now she's based in Los Angeles and helps women and couples through her coaching work, is a trained birth doula, a tarot reader, a freelance writer, and alchemist with her own line of natural skincare and wellness products. Yeah, she gave us some lube when she showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also runs a large uh, secret sex-positive Facebook group for women to safely talk about all things sex. Her mission in life is to encourage body literacy and sexual sovereignty and help women eschew the societal conditioning we were raised to believe about ourselves. And in my hand, I have... The lube that you brought us. Yeah. Olinda Skincare. Where'd you come up with the name Olinda? Uh, okay, so I grew up, as I said, in the forest on a mountain. Um, it was in Olinda. Um, it's also, yeah, uh, it's also the word for like flower and of the earth and like the floral scent. Um, and I was really connected with my dad when I lived in Olinda and he passed away two years ago. So it's kind of an homage to him as well. That's awesome. And like the way he connected me to nature. Was Olinda in a recent show on Netflix? I don't know. Did you see that zombie show on Netflix? Okay, so I want to talk about this amazing product in my hand. So mm-hmm. what, what am I holding? So that it's is... It's called I Love Pleasure. I Love Pleasure. Oh my God, ditto! <laughs> ditto, And it smells amazing. Thank you. It's 100% natural, organic lube. It's oil-based, so not safe with condoms. Um, I also use it as like massage oil, hand salve. I'm going to put some on my hands right now. I Ooh, use so lube soft. as hand cream. That's kind of my vibe. Hell yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's not so sticky lube-y or lube-y anything. Yeah. Wait, sorry. I know we're talking about your product, but mm. I want to know what body literacy and sexual sovereignty mean. Cool. Thank you. Um, so I feel like a lot of women, I started my journey as a birth doula, and I feel like a lot of women, I was shocked. They like didn't really understand much more than really basic sex ed about their bodies, let alone like the different internal anatomy of their body, um, how to, for example, if you've ever used a yoni egg, you can eject it without your hands. Well, That's yeah, most helpful. things I feel like I can eject from my vagina without my That's hands. That's good. Not a lot of people feel that way. Also, what's a yoni egg? Ooh. For people who don't know. For people that don't know, a yoni egg is a crystal that's usually shaped like an egg, and you put it in your vagina. It can help vibrationally to like heal sexual trauma, um, as well as increase pleasure. I thought you were saying it vibrated, and I got. Vibrated. Ooh, I think some eggs do vibrate. Yeah, and I know. I've, I've, I've for, had a vibrating egg put inside me. <laughs> I've had a vibrating egg. It was remote controlled, put inside me. Junior of college. Damn, um, it, <laughs> was thinking about that weird night. <laughs> I want to hear about it now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's it's also good for exercising your your muscles. Yeah, it's Is good. It heavy? Doing, you can get heavy ones. You can get light ones. You can build up. It's only like good if for exercising your muscles if you're like actively doing Kegels around it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to do that, you can just put it in and enjoy it. Oh, for like the vibrational like mm-hmm. energy quality. And yeah. does it kind of just stay in by itself? Yeah, totally. You can but squeeze when you it out, want but. it to go out, you just squeeze it out. Just kegel that bad boy out. And why so, is that important for 
um, expectant mothers to know? Well, if you have a sense of exactly how to angle and push things out of your vagina before you try pushing a baby out of it, it can be effective during actual pushing. So it was initially linked to birth and just like general like anatomical knowledge and yes. now you seem to have extended this definition yes. to I also more feel sensual. like more sensuality and things like birth control a lot of women take Sorry, Nicoletta's just smelling her hands over I can't her. Her. <laughs> so, so good. just want to point that out that's a nice compliment <laughs> I'm distracted um, <laughs> and smelling my hands like a fucking creep. It's like, ooh, it's, it's like she's like, smell my fingers. <laughs> I'm the product, not my pussy. <laughs> Either way, I'm sure they smell great. Um, but yeah, even something like birth control, a lot of women take it for hormonal symptoms that they're having, but it kind of just puts a Band-Aid fix on a problem without actually correcting the issue. So to me, body literacy encompasses all those things as well. Mm. Why do you think our culture and our society doesn't want women to know about body literacy or doesn't want them to have body literacy? It's a big question and it's a big conversation. I would say a lot of it uh, legally started when birth was taken away from midwives. Birth was taken away from midwives and given to OBGYNs, particularly Mm -hmm. white male OBGYNs that don't have a pussy. Um, and can't physically give birth. Um, And there was a huge slander campaign against midwives. There was Mm -hmm. uh, cartoons drawn and published in newspapers with drunken midwives and like, do you want this person attending your birth? And then they do a cartoon. No, you want the OBGYN who had a three martini lunch. Right? So why were they trying to take it away from midwives to to promote OBG? It's more convenient. It's quicker. They can schedule it. And that's the thing that OBGs can schedule it. And so often they're scheduling your birth when it's convenient for them. The majority of C-sections happen at like 7, in between 5 and 7 p.m. And they peak on Fridays. You want to get home for the weekend. Right, so, okay, so body literacy, but what about sexual sovereignty? That's like Mm -hmm. such an empowering, I don't even know what the fuck you mean by that, but I'm already (laughs) feeling powerful. That's good. Okay, so one of the things about modern society is that pleasure is really frowned upon. And most of my clients have experienced that. Like whether you were shamed for masturbating when you were little, you were shamed for like not being super productive in your day. Like the whole rise and grind, drink coffee all day, like be super productive. Like where's the time for pleasure in that? And in our sex education, it's often yeah. pleasure is not included. Yeah. Like obviously we ha- I think our society has a real problem with children having sexual pleasure. Yeah. Even if they don't see it as sexual. Right. It's Yeah, well, particularly with children, it's hard for people to understand that they have a level of sexuality that's their own without sexualizing the children themselves. Yes. So how do you help somebody with that? Like, let's say somebody comes to you. How do you start unpacking that with them? Well, first, I normally go back and see if there's anything that started that. Like, we were just talking about past, I don't want to say trauma, because it's not always trauma for people, but past shame or judgment over their, like, sexuality. Which I would argue can be traumatizing, yeah. For somebody like even mm-hmm. if we're, when we think of trauma I think we think of like the big T like sexual assault and yeah. things but there are little little T traumas mm-hmm. like being shamed or having someone force your hand away when you figure out self pleasure right and yeah that's fucked up yeah yeah and you can say hey that's super lovely it's not appropriate to do it at the dinner table maybe in the bath later when you're by yourself or in bed later right instead of just in the saying, shower every fucking morning when you're <laughs> growing up. <laughs> but so yeah, I normally start with that, see if there is, a lot of people will say, okay, there was no actual trigger or shame, 
but figuring out like what kind of education did you get? Did you get any education mm-hmm. that tapping into your pleasure might give you energy and passion and give you the intuition for what do I like and what don't I like? You know, you might be in a job interview and you notice your body starts tensing up. But if you've never been tuned into your body and to what feels good and what pleasure is, you might not even notice that. So if you gel off before a job interview, it's going to go Get well. Got it. Also, side note, definitely a listener and a fan. And I now say gel off all the time. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, my boyfriend was like, have you been chilling off all day? And I was like, definitely. <laughs> and also, yay that you're gelling off all day. Oh, yes. that too. Totally. Um, that's so, how did you, sorry, I don't want to interrupt if you're going to keep talking about how you're working with clients. And I'm so curious about how you even just came to this mm. work. Wait, what was the question? Well, just you, were, you were talking about how. Oh, how you found the work? Of, no, no, no. You, you asking how does she help? How do you help people with this? And I oh. interrupted you with the jilling off. Sorry. You can always interrupt with the jilling off. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was fine with that. Whatever tangent that was going to go on. Oh, sorry. But yes. <laughs> okay, so where was I? You were like um, asking about history. And- yeah, so we go into the history of it. What was your education I around can't stop it? I'm smelling my hands. Mm. <laughs> Um, and then I started to figure out, like, what are some triggers that you might notice your body shutting down or your body waking up? A lot of women will find that they're shutting their eyes during sex, um, avoiding looking at their partner, just really little things like that. Or another really common thing is, do you masturbate in a way that is a relationship with yourself? Or, or do you, you masturbate at all? Do you masturbate at all? Or are you kind of just, like, turning your brain off, turning your vibrator on? Which is, like, fun, totally. Oh. Don't get me wrong. But, like, Whoa. I think it's re- okay. Like I, I might be the latter. What do you think the difference is? I'm just trying to like drop my mic over here. Um, the difference is <laughs> it's on a stand. You can, you can throw it down <laughs> on the ground down. if you want. <laughs> no, well, okay. So like, there's also nothing wrong with like if you just want to turn your vibe on and your brain off. That's fine. Like sometimes you need that. But just like with a sexual relationship with a partner, sometimes it's super connected and loving, and you're really like into the sensations in your body. And sometimes you just want to get off. Sometimes you just want to get off. You're like, it's nine thirty. I like to be in bed by ten. Let's get this done. Mm. So I'm not going to say one's bad and one's good, but I think it's unhealthy to have no balance there. Yeah, so... Different menu options. How do you have more of the former, of the masturbating kind of in the way that you would with a partner, but you're not with a partner, like you are your own partner? Mm -hmm, That's a great question. So one of the things I always suggest is before you even like get to masturbate, set your space up to be really nice. Like maybe as if you had someone coming over, like why not like make it nice for yourself? Yeah, Yeah, like a date night. Like a date night. Like setting up candles and shit. Yeah, get some like nice Wow, I don't even do that for a lover. That's that's homework projects that I'll (laughs) I'll give to clients too. I'll like maybe shove underwear under the bed. (laughs) Well, also like even if you wouldn't do that for your lover, like I think it's nice to prioritize yourself above your lover. Yes, no, for sure. Like I give myself better treatment. You know, I get that A grade. Yeah. (laughs) So start with that. And then before I would masturbate or suggest a client masturbates, just sit down and like have a quiet minute with yourself, check in with your breathing and think, what do I want to get out of this today? Like, do I have a decision I'm trying to make? Do I just want to feel really good for 20 minutes and like not worry about where it goes? Like, it doesn't matter if you climax or not. Like maybe it would be just really nice to just prioritize 20 minutes of feeling good in my day. You just make it sound so romantic. Thank you. Well, you should have a romantic relationship with yourself. You know, like, hopefully when you find... Especially if you want that with another person. Exactly. Who's gonna love you if you hate (laughs) yourself? What is that? 
it's a song from a band called Goldfinger that I really liked in Ooh. seventh grade. I know about Goldfingers. <laughs> I like them a bit warmer. I think Goldfinger. You said. Oh, did I say Badfinger? No, but she you said, said Goldfinger. No, Badfinger and Goldfinger are both bands. One is old and one is new. I would mm. have a Goldfinger in me. Yeah, not a Coldfinger cold though. For me, although Goldfinger cold finger might be nice. I don't know. I like temperature. <laughs> Maybe after like a sweaty run. You could decide that like, in your intention okay, for yes. your date night. No, like truth? today, I really want a Goldfinger. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> no. Sometimes if I'm at the gynecologist and I know they're going to use a metal speculum, I'm kind of like, oh. Ooh, refreshing. Yeah, refreshing. <laughs> the one I go to is very bougie and they heat them up. Wow. That's fancy. Yeah, wow. It's very privileged. Is That's it nice. a, do they use like, what do they use? They play nice music. Do they just wrap them in warm towels? I have no idea. I will ask. But you're, you, they don't play nice music. <laughs> no nice music? No, I don't know. If they're like in a heating hmm. thing, they're literally heated. And it's, but it's metal. Yes. So it's warm metal? Yes. I like cold metal more, I feel. What would you do, Bella? <laughs> I like the cold. I think it's like traditional. Yeah, we're you know, I like we're traditional gynos over here. Uh, yeah. Receivers. I like to know what I expect. Like, I feel like if I was having a regular pap smear and then I was like, ooh, that's warm. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, but the, I'm I, used to it being like cold and uninviting. My own speculum is plastic because you should all have your own speculum so you can do self-exam. Which I don't know if you do, but we should totally talk about it. I don't know. But we should totally do one. Just thinking that. I can teach you to self exam. I would love that. It's very easy. Simone is really obsessed. I totally want to know what my cervix is. I love looking at my cervix. It's incredible. Um, Anyway, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) So, self date with yourself. Set it up, set up the nice scene, Mm -hmm. like make it a date night. Whether that's putting out candles, making it like a neat space, Mm -hmm. like a space that you would want to bring a partner in. Yeah. I mean, the relationships. Or even better than what you would want to bring a partner in. Exactly. Because the relationships you have that are romantic, like they either come or go or they last forever. But the relationship comes and goes. And yeah, with yourself. It's no one's going to treat you as good as you're going to treat yourself. And it's a good place to start. I just, where do we get the message not to treat ourselves? I think uh, we're told that we're, especially now, we're supposed to be busy. Mm -hmm. Like it's not good if you're not busy. Like if you're not busy, then what are you doing? And so I think it's probably very hard to, like you were like set aside 20 minutes Mm -hmm. to just feel good. And I was like, 20 minutes? Yeah. Like what? That's a long time. And which is weird because I'll watch, you know, back-to-back episodes of a show, but I can't find— but that feels like I'm consuming culture and I'm, like, part of the zeitgeist, but just, like, lying on my bed for 20 minutes, I don't know. I feel like I have to always, like, make a decision. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I think also that there's a big stigma and a false title of sex and porn addiction where, like, if you're using um, time out of your day that could be spent doing other things to further your sexual self, that it is— like impacting your life in a negative way. Mm. I agree. And I think some of that stems from the fact that a lot of people view self-pleasure and pleasure in relationships as something that doesn't get attention until it's in deficit and it needs focus. Instead of doing it proactively. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people read books about like how to be better in their career and how to be like make better to-do lists, like the most ridiculous books. And that scene is really great and it's really encouraged. But if you tell someone you're reading a book about relationships, they'll be like, why, what's happening in your marriage? Yeah, or if they're, oh, coming, to th- yeah. Right. If they're coming to therapy, then they're mm-hmm. like, oh, what's wrong? Yeah. Like, is this your last resort before you get a divorce? Yeah. Instead of like, no, we just want to like have a better connection. Right, like there's that, you know, if you say, oh, I just laid in bed with my boyfriend all day, Netflix and chilled, people are like, oh, get it, girl. And if you're like, yeah, I just laid in bed myself all day, Netflix and chill, chilled off a couple times, they're like, what's wrong? 
Like, what are you, you avoiding? Depressed? Like, no. All the people who criticize you I love my girls. <laughs> I don't do very good American impressions. <laughs> All the American impressions are valley, valley girls. girls are really masturbatory shame me. I am a valley girl. I know. That's why I was bringing it up. It's literally the only American accent I can do. It's so. okay. It only comes out that way. I like. Well, tell us what was different about growing up in Australia. Like what the approach to pleasure to or sex, sex ed? Yeah. Even no, it's totally the same. It's the same. Really? From what I've heard, it's the exact same. Are there any differences that you noticed? Not really. I mean, like I remember in sex ed, we just watched this cartoon where they showed like a little boy climbing up a ladder to jump in a pool, and then this little girl walks past, and he gets like this enormous boner, which in hindsight was like very disproportionate to his body. <laughs> and so that just gave me the notion that like dudes get boners all the time, and they that was do. pretty much my whole sex ed, especially when you're like twelve. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. But they're not always huge boners. Right. This boner was like bigger than this kid. <laughs> <laughs> And then just like condoms and bananas. All right, that's it. Recess. You're done. Like, what? Wow. So how did so, you figure out yeah. that there was more? Probably by noticing all the lack. Most of my girlfriend's sex lives like sounded disappointing to me. My sex life was disappointing to me. And I was like, this can't be right. Like, it doesn't make sense to me to just like get up and go to work all day and then go home and turn your mind off and watch TV for a few hours. Like, wait for the weekend, and have sad sex. What's sad sex? Hey, sex where you just like have it and maybe you come, maybe you don't, but you don't leave it being like, wow, I'm going to go conquer the world. Like, I feel amazing. I'm like super empowering in touch with sex. my body. Yeah. Non-empowering sex. Non-empowering I don't want to give away like all of your secrets because I think people should hire you. <laughs> but do you have other tips for how to have empowering sex? Because I definitely... I see a lot of people who are in long-term monogamous relationships mm -hmm. and, and non-monogamous, but when you're with somebody for a long time, um, I think at the beginning, sometimes that goes well, that yeah. like intentional time and we're setting aside this time, but then as time goes on, it does become kind of like monotonous sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like, I wonder how we can advise people to navigate away from that and that that doesn't have to be the dead end. Yeah, that's true. I think particularly for a lot of people in long-term monogamous relationships, like you said, like it gets very routine. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that I would suggest for clients like that is... Spanking. Spanking for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Kink, power play. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, definitely, and I do a lot of work in BDSM, <laughs> but the first most simple way to start is just like, what made you fall in love with that person? okay, what were the things about them in the beginning that were really exciting? Mm -hmm. And then trying to come up with play around that. You know, maybe it was that you weren't really sure how they felt about you, you know? And so then like kind role of play, play that? Yeah. Role play aloofness. Totally, like get back into whatever it was that created the spark instead of trying to find new sparks. And even just things like keeping your eyes open, making eye contact, having Which an intention Which is really difficult and vulnerable for some people. Yeah. Some, for some people, it's harder to make eye contact than be like, here's a butt plug, here's a paddle, let's go. Well, yeah, because something about eye contact, which makes you be really, really present. Nicoletta mm. just gave a fabulous talk on mindfulness and sex that I attended. Thank you. And she brought up eye contact with your mm -hmm. partner as a way to really remain present during sex. Mm -hmm. And it, the reason we are not present during sex can be, I learned from this talk, a whole variety of reasons, including trauma or thinking about other things or just kind of being uncomfortable with sex. Mm -hmm. And yeah, eye contact, I feel like is a, like you can't fucking escape that. You can't. So you yeah. don't do it. You're like in. someone's looking into your soul. I That's think I have trouble with eye contact be. in general. 
What did and you she say? She looks that very quickly from one place to the other. Yeah. I know. I can't look at. I can't make eye contact now. I'm just gonna smell my hands in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking creep. I mean, I like your idea of using the power that we get from sex with ourselves or sex with someone else to conquer the world. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we translate our sensual power into? doing great things Ooh, I love as opposed that. to, like I said before, I think a lot of people think like, oh, sex is a distraction, mm-hmm. but instead oh. it's like sex is a way Motivation. to harness yeah. and motivate us to do other things. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I think a lot of your energy can come from your sexuality. I think the more that you masturbate mindfully and the more in touch with, it sounds very simple, but registering pleasure in your body. Like, even after spending time with a friend, checking through your body and being like, do I have a lot of energy? Do I have less energy? Then you're going to start noticing what gives you energy, what gives you pleasure, like what makes you excited to do more of it. It's like mm-hmm. a superpower. And the more you tap into your sexual energy, you it just opens doors. You start realizing like, what is your passion? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You can talk to people more easily because you can say, hey, this is what I want and this is what I need. And you're really comfortable asking for it. Yeah. How do you use, Simone, how do you use your sex? How do I use my sex power? power? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to say sex for power, your sex power. Yeah, what's your sexual superpower? My sexual superpower is coming really, really hard sometimes and napping. <laughs> um, no. I don't know. That's a really, I, I was thinking, I'm, I don't have an answer. Like, I definitely feel like sometimes, like, sex makes me feel very powerful. And I'm like, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why sometimes that happens. I know, I remember reading um, Naomi Wolf's Vagina, uh, like, a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And she talks about how literally when you come, and I don't want to be so orgasm-focused. That's why I'm loath to bring it up. But when you come, like, you, like, the world is twinkly. And you can like do things, and mm-hmm. so I guess I, I, I guess I, this is not an answer to your question. I don't have one. I don't know how I use my sex power. That's why I'm here. I mean, you kind of gave me a little bit of an answer, which is that it sounds like one of your sexual superpowers is explosive intensity. Like if you're having these really intense orgasms, and then you said, and then I nap. So I'm wondering if you're. I don't really nap. Oh, you don't really. Sometimes nap? I nap. I think about napping. I don't know. I'm wondering your thought. Well, I'm wondering if your energy is like exploding too high and you're not harnessing it properly. So you're kind of crashing afterwards. Like if you eat a whole bag of candy and you're like, fuck, this candy's so good. And then you're like, oh shit, I feel sick. Oh, like a fire that burns too hot too quickly. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's really, that's kind of true about you. You are like an explosive person. So In a lot of positive ways. But also negative ways, says Nicoletta so gently, therapist. No, (laughs) I'm a very explosive, large shiny but also blinding person Mm -hmm. so you can learn ways to tap into that so it's a little bit more moderated and longer lasting yeah how okay can i give you (laughs) i'll give you can i give you some homework do you like homework? okay great tell me what to do do, (laughs) professor well teacher's pet okay so i would definitely teacher slutty pet meow a plus um, okay, so I would definitely recommend starting with some masturbation practice. And you said, like, oh, I don't even get my house dressed up for, like, my lover. So, okay, maybe prioritize dressing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Who cares about your lover, right? Uh-huh. I want you to do that. And then when you masturbate, I have a couple of suggestions depending on, like, how interested you are in, in reining it back a little bit. So my first instinct would say masturbate until just before orgasm and then see if you can handle stopping getting up 
and like doing some journaling, seeing if you can focus that energy elsewhere. You can still come later. Uh-huh. But like, let's see if we can extend that explosive energy for a little bit, Ooh. and then you can keep increasing like that period. Bitch is making the edge. Yeah. Yes, edging for life. Edging for life. Okay. okay, I, I agree. I with can that. do that. I think that's my. I'm going to try to do that too. Let me know how it goes. Maybe I'll do it before the next time we record Slots and Scholars. Okay. Yeah. So you come into it with all that oh, like you strong get, get energy. Get here before we record. Start Start chilling off, and then we'll do the podcast. And then, and then finish after. I feel like I should just leave right now and touch myself and come back in like a few minutes. How quick can you be? <laughs> well, I won't come, but I can get myself yeah. to be close, be fast. Feel free to do that if you want. Yeah. I this is an interesting exercise. That's definitely my... I'll be right back. Oh! You two can talk for a few minutes. Love it. Okay, well, I want to take this opportunity to totally switch gears because okay, I know Simone do does not like to talk um, as much about witchy stuff. Mm. And I do. Let's get witchy while she's cool. Let's get witchy while she's getting frisky. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like witchiness is becoming um, a fad mm-hmm. now. I mean, maybe I agree. in a good way, but like, why do you think it's making a resurgence for especially women? That's a good question. I think it's actually tied back into the same pleasure conversation we're having, which is that feminine skills like intuition, pleasure, they I think are a little bit slanted. Oh, and productivity, mm-hmm. which ties into pleasure. But I think they're a little bit slanted. So I think anything that we can't show a double blind study for, people aren't really that interested in these days. Mm-hmm. But if it's working for you, if it's giving you energy and motivation, it's effective for you. I don't understand what the issue is for most people. How do you define like witchcraft for you? Mm. I'm quite a kitchen witch, which you can probably guess from your lube. Yeah, the, that I can't stop smelling. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love like crafting potions and oils and smokes and like beautiful bath soaks. Like, and that ties into the pleasure as well. Like my partner will always say like, I make a little breakfast. And he's like, that's the most beautiful little breakfast I ever saw. Like I would just make myself a piece of toast. But like I take pleasure in that. And like mm. that brings me joy. And like, yeah, I could rush through a piece of toast. But like how would my energy be after that running around frantically coveting crumbs so for you doing potions and having experiments all throughout your life feels pleasurable yeah and energizing yeah and I do think that tapping into your witchiness I'll say that is very popular right now which is can be really good and bad as long as people have the right education around it <laughs> Simone just walked back in like hair a flutter <laughs> That was quick. That was very (laughs) quick. (laughs) Well, I didn't want to come. Okay, so. Keep talking about witchy. Okay. We'll just see how this affects my energy. I'm feeling very great. Good. So you want to just keep talking as if you didn't go do anything? Yeah. Okay. But I did. I did. I totally, I totally touched myself and I got pretty close to orgasm. Good. And how's your energy now? I'm feeling like very like, yeah. like I can kind of take on the world. (laughs) Quick fix. Yes. <laughs> There's the energy. Like that's a 10-minute session. <laughs> Boom. I'll, I'll you pay owe you. her I'll pay $100. You. <laughs> um, but wait. We were talking about, about witchy, witchy, stuff. witchy stuff. I think witchy stuff is cool. I, said, I asked Bella how to do sex magic at the, at the eclipse. Yeah. And I did some. Oh. What sex magic is amazing. Tell me about more about sex magic. Sex magic, the and again, this ties back into the masturbation. You can do it by yourself or with a pana. It's very Is it more just setting an intention? Yeah, it's very intention-focused. Uh, one of the things I love to tell my female clients is call on a goddess when you're masturbating. Like Lilith is a great one. 
Um, Why is Lilith so great? Oh, Lilith. Yeah. Lilith she, is the fa- <laughs> you tell me what you know of Lilith, She's but Lilith just, is the fabled first wife of Adam. Yeah, she's very— She's a little slut, right? Yeah, she's like deep, dark sensuality. Mm-hmm. If you want to go even I've deeper, been called a Lilith. Hey. People were afraid of Lilith, so they said that she like ate babies in the mm-hmm. nighttime, but really slander. she was just like too independent for Adam. Yeah, it's pleasure slander from the beginning. Yeah. <gasps> Fuck that slut shaming. So shame. call on a goddess. Call on a goddess. Lilith is great. I love Kalima. Like how do you call intense. on a goddess? You're like— Lilith! Lilith, come here. No, is it like in your head? Yes, you can do it in your head. One of the things that's great in the beginning is like searching the internet or the library, support your local library, and have some either photocopies or printouts of goddesses that really resonate with you. Like choose images that really resonate with you, and you can literally lay them on your body. Like lay them on your chest facing you, and you can like look at her while you masturbate and like call on her energy. Be comfortable stepping into that dark, central power that men are going to slam. And do you go to— Oh, my gosh. <laughs> do you have a printer? <laughs> Let me go back to the bathroom. And do you, like, take it to the extent of— Because, um, I, I mean, everyone does magic differently, which mm-hmm. I think is also maybe why witchcraft stuff is making a resurgence and becoming trendy because it's very— um, like do what works for you mm-hmm. and it does seem to be like create your own. I mean, of course, there's a lot of roots in like where things originate, but I feel like you can do it different ways. So I know people who when they're maybe calling on a goddess or whatever, they will have a ritual ceremony. So they'll like, you know, do a Palo Santo thing and call on each directions of the world and like mm-hmm. close a safe circle and have like an altar out for their goddess. Like, would you say mm. you go to that extent or can you do it more minimally? I go to that extent, and you absolutely can go to that extent. That's a juicy extent to go to. But if you're starting off, that might feel really daunting. A Mm -hmm. lot of my clients just feel really daunted. Like, you know, you were saying that 20 minutes out of your day for pleasure seemed daunting. I've had a client say that. I said, can you do 60 seconds? Can you set a timer on your phone and lay down for 60 seconds and masturbate? I mean, I just did. Right? Yes, you can. Everybody can. So if you are listening to this podcast, you have time to masturbate. Yeah, pause. Like I would rather (laughs) if you're not not driving, pause and take sixty seconds. I mean, even driving. (laughs) (laughs) I like came while driving on Saturday. I just happened to have a wand in my car. Ooh, you're right. That's hypocritical. I've definitely like not even like jilling off, but like cup, just cup. Yeah, yeah. Give a little pussy hug. Yeah, a little pussy hug. Well, I do love a good pussy hug. Okay, so back energy. to setting up for, for sex magic. Yeah, you sex can make magic. it really intense and really deep practice, or you can, you know, keep it easy. And if you're starting in, it's not just that, okay, where am I going to buy all the candles? Where do I need to get the salt? What do I need to learn? These are good things to deepen your practice. Once you start playing with energy, it's good to start small. Mm-hmm. It can be a lot of energy. It can be too quickly. You can feel really, really drained for days after. So it's definitely good to start small and notice what's feeling good, what's working, what's working in other areas of your life, and then you can increase it and increase it. But yeah, start by just Googling goddesses, printing out a picture of one you like, and like sending her some energy while you send your pussy some. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, is this, do you think this is accessible for people who have never done any witchy or energy thing ever? Absolutely. I mean, it's all energy work. It's totally cool if you don't believe in witchcraft. That's a very reasonable thing to feel. Um, <laughs> no judgment, but... It's just energy. It's just vibrational energy. How do you define energy? Well, humans are just made up of vibrating particles, so so is the idea of Lilith. 
And you can just connect those two things. And when you're masturbating, you're sending out a lot of energy. And a lot of vibrating particles. A lot of vibrating particles. Especially if you're using a wand. But a lot of that is really non-directed. So it kind of just evaporates. Like we were talking about with your explosive orgasm, maybe there's not a lot left after that. So it's sort of going along that like energy cannot be created or destroyed. But you're just figuring out how to channel it. And like fold yourself into the fabric. I mean, why do people hate I don't want to say hate that, but obviously there is hate stigma witches? around like woo. You know, people say a lot of woo woo now. Yeah, like woo woo was a negative <laughs> thing, and like why is woo woo a negative thing if we really break it down to just like energy? And well, we're always afraid of like that which we cannot control exactly. or contain or understand. And like, yeah, if witchcraft is real, then that's fucking scary. For is like, it? yeah, not for like the people doing it, but I mean like the people who like. If witchcraft is real and it's, like, essentially, like, a woman's thing, then, like, mm-hmm. that's patriarchy obviously does not want us to, like, know that we're witches. I said that sentence. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved that sentence. That's a good sentence. No, but it's true. And so I think that if it is real, then the people who are capable of wielding it are much more powerful than the people who don't believe in it. What made you feel like it was something that you could be on board with and believe in? Like, did you have um, a moment or has it just been, like, a life— a lifetime. I was a lifetime. I'm a second generation psychic medium. So like I was raised seeing ghosts and my mother helped me through that. So there for me was never a moment that I came to it, though I am an interesting mix of psychic and skeptic. So when I do tarot readings, I'll say to my clients, like, don't give me too much detail because I don't want to read into any of it. I want to let the magic happen essentially. Mm-hmm. You're a second-generation medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell, tell us more what that was like. Mm, it was cool. I'm like a, a medium, like, like talking to ghosts. Like, people in people. Like, you see dead world. people. Um, what it was like growing up, I'm a very imaginative person. So when I was little, my parents just told me that, like, I'm imaginative, and I had a lot of imaginary friends. Um, and then when I got a little bit older, I guess it was age appropriate. My mother explained to me that she, like she was psychic and I'm psychic and that's totally fine and reasonable and started laying out a little bit of how to control and channel my energy. And she definitely um, confirmed a lot of things for me. Like there was this imaginary friend I had um, and I was like, he's always in the pantry. Why is he always in the pantry? It's so weird. And then my parents later on found out that the pantry was an add-on and the person that had lived in the house before us, that's where his tool shed had been and he had passed away. My whole body just like, it's all the, what is it called? Goosebumps? Mm-hmm. Ghost bumps? Ghost bumps. Ghost bumps. Wow. Yeah, so I didn't really have Do you still like, see like, ghosts? Yeah. I don't really see them anymore. I used to see them when I was little. Now I just hear them. What do they say? They just say anything. Like, like sometimes most, they're most, like, what's your most recent supernatural experience? Well, I had two tarot readings that I had to do this morning. Um, my favorite, actually, sorry, this is really funny. I had a client this morning who was like, her guides were telling me that she's single. And she's like, I'm not single. I have a boyfriend. We've been dating for two months. I was like, they hate him. They refuse to acknowledge his existence. Like they literally hate him. They're laughing. They're just laughing. Oh. And she was like, she just burst out laughing too. Because she was like, I was talking to her grandma, and her grandma was, like, like that. She was just, like, she wouldn't even, like, look at a boyfriend that she didn't like. She, can, like, would refuse to make eye contact with him. And I was, so like, she's still doing that. you can tell me, like, that. what my grandma thinks of my partner? Sometimes, yeah. I can't, like, turn it on and off like That's that. That's so beautiful, It just how comes when it comes. Yeah. That's, like, really great. Th- when it doesn't come, do you tell your clients? You're, like, I'm not getting anything? Like, or does it always happen? I've, n- I've only ever one time— 
struggled and then I realized it was because they weren't speaking in English. And I said to her, it was a phone reading. I said to her like, I'm getting something, but I can't interpret it at all. Did, did, does your loved one not speak English? And she was like, oh my God, she only speaks Spanish. I should have told you that. And I had just never had that happen before. That's so yeah. interesting. That was, but then it was super easy because I said, oh, okay, can you get someone that speaks English? And I like waited a little minute and they came back and I could understand her. So that was really neat. And now I ask people to start the reading, is there anyone that might not speak English? <laughs> Whoa, ghosts are also bound by linguistic paucity. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe for some, I think some, it just depends like how you make sense of the communications, right? Absolutely. Some people say that they get their messages from beyond with like photographs and images. I don't get that. Sometimes I do, but it's more, it's very hard to explain, but it's like I'm thinking someone else's thought. So sometimes I will get an image, but it'll be more like, oh, she's, showing me that you're very, very pale. Did you just move from, this is this morning, I was like, did you just move from the East Coast? And she was like, yeah, New York. And whenever I visited my mother, she was like, why are you so pale? I mean, this is, if people are listening and they don't believe in this, like that's totally fine. fine. But I have a curiosity about like consent with the beyond. Mm, that's because we talk a lot question. about consent on our podcast and sex, sexual terminologies and things and context. So how do how have you made boundaries in your life um, between when you're okay with receiving information from like spirit guides versus, are you laughing because you're I'm not so about this? Oh, no, no. I was like, I was like telling myself, I was like, don't laugh, don't because I actually do. I'm actually not not believing what you're talking about. I'm really not. But I just, it's like hard for me to like come to terms with that. Yeah. No, and I am sure a lot of our listeners will have that response too. But keep asking your I mean, questions. yeah, no, and it's but totally I think fine. I'm not laughing to consent. at you at all. I don't want you to think that. I'm so sorry. No, you're totally fine. My own boyfriend, I'm sure you're not like, the only person who hasn't, who has, like, laughed about that. Yeah. No, my okay. partner, like, doesn't understand it at all. Yeah. Which is totally fine with me. Like, just, like, As long kink. as they respect it and leave space for it. Yeah. Your kink doesn't have to be my kink, but, like, that's my kink. Yeah. Um, back to your question on consent. I love that. It's really fucking important to me in all areas of my life. I will never. And if you don't believe in this shit, just take this as a lesson of consent in like yeah. your life with people. Yeah. <laughs> I will never do a reading for someone that I don't have their expressed consent. And I have a very specific way I ask. I say the exact same thing every time, which is, do I have your expressed consent to contact your spirit guides on your behalf and translate their messages to you? And I will not do a reading unless they're like, yes, Absolutely. Um, the other thing I always tell my clients is that I, the first thing I say when I like make connection is that please only transfer messages they would be comfortable with me hearing. I'm like the telephone, not the person on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. I think I also meant to like if- I love that. That's really thoughtful. You see you're coming around. <laughs> did you have experience, how did you get to the point where those, that's how you realized you had to set it up? Did you have experience? Uh, I never had like didn't. a particularly interesting negative experience or anything like that. It's just like ever since I was a little kid, I really disliked the feeling of like people talking about me when I'm not there. And I thought that that would be like the height of that. If like spirits were talking about you like without your consent, mm-hmm. like to somebody else. I more meant like consent in terms of when you're open to receiving messages. Oh, yeah. I've I never been able to figure that out. I know a lot of people who. Oh, you like they, receive it mm-hmm. if you don't want. Yeah, like whether they yeah. claim to be you know, whether they claim to be mediums or they are mediums or whatever, but they're like, sometimes they can't shut it off or the, you know, whatever doesn't respect. Like now I'm not doing my work. So how do you like tell it no or can you not? I can't. uh, I've never figured that out. The only thing I can do is, this is more for like 
haunting stuff, which rarely ever happens to me, but, like, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll go into a new space and there'll mm-hmm. be something that's unpleasant and I'll just say, like, yeah, I can hear you, but, like, I can't help you. And they'll normally just, like, be over. Um, but, yeah, no, I can't turn it off. But I've seen shows like um, What's yeah, it called? Long Island oh, Medium. <laughs> Have you seen them? Long Island Medium. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, she'll just, like, come to somebody in a hairdresser and be like, excuse me, I need to, like, tell you something about your grandmother. And, yeah. like, going back to consent, I would never, absolutely never do that to somebody. I think that's a massive violation of their boundaries. And just like we were talking about, like, do you believe in it or not, why would I presuppose that somebody would believe in the ability that I have? And it's not helpful to them for me to bombard them with really intense personal information. Like, mm. most of my sessions have some form of tears in them. Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. emotionally... You don't know if someone's open to receiving Yeah, an and like maybe they're message. having a horrible day or they just broke up with their boyfriend. I'm like, by the way, your grandma loves you and she misses you and she wishes you guys could still talk in the same way. Like that's not okay to say to somebody on the street. Yeah, so good way to translate that to people who don't believe in woo-woo stuff. Yeah. Is we were at this show the other day called um, Cabaret Consensual. Was Consensual. Was Consensual. As Nicoletta says. Um, by More Than No, which was some past guests that we've had, so definitely tune into their episodes. But um, they were saying, you know, the people who run that show, it is by survivors for survivors. Um, and so they were saying, you know, this is a Saturday night. Don't all of a sudden turn to your neighbor and just be like, oh, I'm so glad I can unload my, like, trauma from when I was five years old onto you. Like, it's emotional labor mm-hmm. to receive that. It's Of course, I want to encourage people to go out there and get resources and support consensually, but I think it's nice to check in with someone before you, like, unload stuff. Yeah, exactly. Onto them. I don't know. I think that's important. Yeah. I, think, I just think it's really inappropriate. And, like, just like we were saying that not everybody believes, I don't want to put that on anybody else. And it, it really doesn't bother me if people aren't interested or believe in it. It's just something that's always been helpful to me. And then over the years, I've had different friends be like, can you do tarot readings for me? And I love doing that. And it just transitioned to a business from there um, just because I didn't have enough time in the day to do all the readings that people wanted me to do. Yeah, and you got to make money. Yeah, so like it's not something that I'm like trying to push on anyone, you know. No, it's just kind of sure. for me. So how but do you, you respond? You can't, go ahead. <laughs> you just can't control when they talk to you. No, though. I wish I could. Does it happen like during sex stuff? Do they get involved? Whoa, no. Like have you ever had any ghost, <laughs> ghost three <laughs> ways? Like, you know, No, that would. Why be... do you think they don't get? Do you think they just respect that? Like you're in a di- like. Yeah, I think that'd be really creepy. It'd be <laughs> fucking cre- well. Yeah, but we're talking about ghosts. Or like, they have a reputation. Kind of I'm always the stereotype has to come from somewhere, as Bella. Oh I'm God, always hoping someone will come out with better ghost porn. To be honest, well, so ghost porn. Yeah, so All if you're right. if you were a porn maker out there, please make some better ghost porn. Like, is it ghosts? Ghosts watching? Is it like? Is it like interspectral? No, like, like, porn? like incubus, succubus, like. Ghost. ghost on ghost? Go- no, ghost, like ghost on, on human. Ghost, ghost okay. on human. Ghost yeah. on Intra- human. Inter- interspectral. Interspectral <laughs> sex. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Wow. <laughs> well, if they need a consultant to like yes. check facts, I'll fact checker, <laughs> yeah, you, I'll be happy sex to step expert in. And a ghost expert. You are like the person. You should right? You should create It's kind of my niche. <laughs> what do you say to people who do make fun of you? Oh, honestly, it never really happens. Like, some people will just be like, oh, yeah, I don't really believe in that. I'm like, cool. Yeah, cool. I don't believe in God, so that's cool. Yeah, and it's just something that works for you. Yeah, I just, I guess I feel the same way about it as I feel any religion. Like, no religion bothers me, and I'm not, uh, I I only become uncomfortable when people try to push their religions on other people. I think that's non-consensual, so Mm -hmm. that's just how I feel about mine. Yeah, 
So oh. that's just kind of what I say. <gasps> totally unrelated, but how's your energy, Simone? Yeah, it's great. let's check in with Simone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm feeling like I'm really into listening, which is sometimes that I'm something I'm not good at. Nice. So that's a good thing. Yeah, your I mean, eye contact is good. Thank you. I, I like to think interessant. Um, I, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. It's it's um, I'm gonna try this like for real, not just yeah. on the podcast because I felt bad being absent and just diddling myself in Nicoletta's bed. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like this big mirror, so I like saw what I was doing, and it was also it was a little it was a little <laughs> stressful because I was like touching myself, and I was like, okay, I need to get close to orgasm, and but not orgasm, and I was like scared that I wouldn't be able to stop myself, and like because I don't know how to. So do you it. didn't do the first part of the homework, which is to set the scene. Mm. Nicoletta's room is beautiful. Oh, thank you. The scene was set. You need to have like a <laughs> bit of a quick version. I know. I had like, I had like a, a quick. I had an abridged version of yeah. I think what would be a really powerful thing. But I mean, if you try it once a week, see if you notice a difference in your energy levels yeah. overall. We're recording another episode in a few days. I will do it for that one. Um, another thing that I think relates to the witchiness because it's just talking about self care is. Um, you do a lot of stuff in terms of making products for yourself mm-hmm. and making products for, for other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe it's just an Eastern versus Western philosophy, but like why don't more people use the natural stuff that works? Um, I think there's you, no way to prove it works. Yeah, it ties back into body literacy, mm-hmm. not understanding what's in your products, not understanding how they affect your body. And pe- it, is it because people don't want to spend the time? Yeah, Because when think I so. think of it, I'm like, oh, so much research, and how do I know? It is a lot of research. Yeah. But can, I was also talking with, um, I volunteer, I'm an abortion doula, as we've talked mm-hmm. about, um, and I volunteer at an OBGYN clinic, and I was talking, I was, I'm also part of this women's health collective where we like look at our cervixes and shit, and we were talking about how like the <laughs> only, like, a fun <laughs> like and a few of the women in the in the group um, have endometriosis, mm. and the only official thing to help with endo is hormonal birth control. Mm. And I was talking with one of the doctors about it, and I was like, that's so fucked up that, that that's what we prescribed is hormonal birth control. And she was like, I mean, I wish I could prescribe acupuncture, but I have no proof that it works. Yeah. No research proof, but there are people who have maybe— Right, there's anecdotal evidence. There's anecdotal, anecdotal evidence, proof. but, like, if you are a— most physicians don't feel comfortable recommending something, especially that's not covered by insurance, mm-hmm. based on anecdotal evidence. I think it's also like a masculine-feminine polarity. Um, I think, to me, masculine energy is like science, trials, what can we like clinically prove? Did we do a double-blind? And women's energy is more about, uh, of course, always women communication. Have we heard this anecdotally to be... True. Oh, I'm much more masculine than in, in my evaluations. Of and I intuition. Think we take, um, we often take the healthcare info as truth, mm-hmm. right? Like because a we, maybe we don't want to do the yeah. work, or we just kind of blindly trust that this professional is mm-hmm. giving us the right information. Yeah, and I mean I don't without what? question. Yeah, I don't put anything on or in my body that I don't completely understand because I really, really yeah. value my literacy about my body. I understand what goes on. I understand what goes in it. I understand every ingredient of it. I'm not, I because I trust myself as a high resource for what works mm-hmm. for me. It doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. Mm-hmm. But like, sure, your doctor says that, that works great. Does that work for you? It doesn't work for me. What has like really not worked for you? That you're like, what the Earth fuck? control. Why did I do that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had two years ago, I found out during like a routine uh, OBGYN visit that I had ovarian cysts. Um, she delivered the news in a way that made it feel like an ocean between Western care and 
holistic care. Mm. Um, I'd never felt like more alone in my life than when she told me that. And she just kind of told me, she said, your ovaries are full of cysts. Um, You need to get on birth control. I was like, I said, what can I do? Is there anything I can be doing for it? And she said, no, just birth control. I said, okay, when should I be coming up for follow-ups? Like how many ultrasounds are you? And she's like, oh, she was already starting to walk out of the room. Oh, uh, in two years, I guess. I was like, wow, okay, this doesn't feel accurate. Um, I requested. And I think the gap too is there's no, um, that OBGs and things aren't taught to take care. And maybe it's not their job to take care of emotionally. But to even acknowledge that there's going to be other impacts of ovarian cysts that aren't just physical. Yeah, it's not their job. They don't have the time to do it. They're doing everybody a, needs a doula. Everybody needs a doula. I'm like a life doula yeah. and birth doula as well. But um, I think it's not their job. And they do an incredible, amazing, inspiring job that they need so much training and skills to do. And it would honestly be unprofessional for them to do a doula's work. That's that's how I feel. Um, but through that— That's a really good point. Through that, I did so much research of like, why would birth control be effective for a hormone imbalance by adding— more hormones, fix that. Shouldn't I be rectifying the swinging hormones in my own body? So that was when I really launched into a lot of hormone-specific research. Um, And I'm happy to say that it was about six to nine months later, I had another ultrasound. I'm completely free of all my cysts. What did you do? she said it was like physically impossible. Um, I did a combination of a womb oil that I make, a few different supplements. What is a womb oil? It's it's topical, so like onto your lower stomach, not inside your vagina or on your vulva. Um, But it's a combination of different essential oils and actually crystals that really helps. It's helped a lot of my clients with a lot of different things like endometriosis. It works for endos? Yeah. Um, Along with other stuff, you can't just do it by itself. But it is helpful even for just like temporary relief of PMS. It's really good. So you do womb oil and what Mm -hmm. else? Um, I did a a few different herbs and supplements. And then also one of the profound things I did was adjusting my exercise types based on where I was at in my cycle. Um, For example, it's like not a great idea to do really high impact exercise if you're menstruating. But if you're not really aware of like where you're at, if you're in your luteal phase, your follicular phase, your ovular phase, um, you don't don't really know what you should be doing. So I was trying to take care of my body, but kind of in all the wrong ways. Like I was trying to take care of my body. I was doing the right things, but I wasn't listening to my body. Mm. I I didn't understand how to listen to my body. So once I started teaching myself to understand and doing the research around that, I think that was what really helped. And I just noticed I really felt like a different person on birth control. And I'm not in any way slandering birth control. It's right. amazing. Because for some so people, it's the right thing. It can be the a The right birth control but for you is saying, the one that works for you. Yeah, exactly. and you're saying to make more informed decisions about yeah. what your body really needs. Yeah. Can I ask a question on a kind of different topic, but Please. not really, because I know we're yeah. starting to run out of time. So you mentioned that you have all this witchy stuff, all of this natural stuff, all of your doula work, and that, like, your partner is just, like, not mm. into it. Like, how do you make that work? Like, is that, is he just, is it just not involved? Or, or how does that make you feel? I'm just curious, because I think that you're probably not alone. Yeah. But like you said before, I think that applies to all differences in relationships. Right. We can't always find someone. Like we don't want to find someone who's exactly like right. we are. Someone of maybe a different faith or whatever. But I'm just curious how you personally, because it seems to be like informing most aspects of your life. I think that when we first met, my partner was very different. And he was, um, I would say, a little bit more on the cynical side. Um, and like you were saying, the science-based evidence side. And on our first date, I was like, I see dead people, you know, like he, he doesn't <laughs> sure how to handle that. Um, but I'm just like deeply like honest person. So I just kept being myself. 
And I'm really comfortable with people having different values with me that doesn't limit the way I feel about them. Um, but I think that he slowly came to more understanding and interest in alternative medicine just from observation, really. Like seeing somebody change and grow through it was really profound for him, I think. Um, but I just really had like a lot of patience and space for it. It doesn't really bother me if someone's like, you know, of a different faith. Yeah. So it's just acceptance and, and respect. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I don't he, know, I guess what I'm just one. I'm not, and if this is not your situation, then that's great. But I guess for me personally, I would feel, it would, I would be like, I want to share this with you. And they're like, I don't care. That would. Well, I mean, he's never said I don't care. That's kind of. Oh, I'm not implying that. But yeah. yeah, but it's not their thing that they want to do. Yeah. Right. I think one of the things that I did that was really effective is finding something that I found challenging about him was that he would question everything. Like, where's the science behind that? And that pushed me to be a better person and be to be able to back up everything I say. Mm. I used to make a lot of statements that I felt to be true, but maybe I hadn't done hours and hours of research oh, into that's them. That's like my most, that's such a challenging thing for me to hear. Um, and I've had this with a partner where they'll say something and I'll be like, and I'll be like, where is this coming from? They're like, I feel like that's the, what's the situation. Mm -hmm. Like statements that you feel to be true. And I totally see how like that is a very real truth for you. And I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to dissuade you from believing yeah. that. But being the person on the other end, like that's a really hard thing for me mm -hmm. to hear yeah. and accept. So where I do think, you find your info? Uh, I just do a lot of research. I do a lot of... Um, I, I just do. mean there's so much out there and some of yeah. it says totally opposite stuff. Like, how do we sift through Heavy the bullshit? Honestly, I love libraries. Like, I mm. really recommend going to your local library. Like, the internet has a lot of awesome information, and it can be really specific. It's hard to source it. It's hard to source it. It's hard to um, verify it. You know, anyone could be saying it, whereas, like, most published works have studies at the end of the books, and then you can look up those studies. That's what I did a lot of. Um, and when I was in college, I just lived in the libraries, like, reading medical paper after medical paper. Mm -hmm. Ah, I yeah. love that. <laughs> I love that. I love libraries. I have a Santa Monica library, Beverly Hills library, and LA public library. Support your local library, man. I love them. But also just going back to um, having a partner or any person in your life that feels really differently, one of the other things is like very active listening. So instead of listening to be like, oh, you're attacking me. I feel this way. This makes me feel all these ways. Try, I try to listen, and with my clients and with my romantic partner, I try to listen to, like, what is it they're really trying to tell me? Listen to understand. Yeah, to really understand what he's saying. So, like, maybe he's not trying to attack what I'm saying. Maybe he's trying to understand it, and he's trying to put it through his own framework, like you were saying. Yeah. That's amazing. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to attack. I'm like, I want to believe what you're saying, but in order to do so, I need this. Yeah, and if you can... If you can see that in everybody else, it makes you a better person because it pushes you to be able to back up everything you can yeah. say. I think the only time that I've noticed that that gets tricky is when we're talking about um, feelings. Yeah. You know, you don't want to ask somebody to prove their feelings. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, maybe you do. I don't know if there's a way we can frame mm. it in a way that works. But, you know, if someone's like, this made me sad and it's like, well, I don't know, just questioning it and invalidating it. Like, you might not yeah. agree. I think it's hard when people try to put their emotions on you. Like, if they're saying, you, you made, made me feel me this way. Instead of taking ownership of it yeah, themselves. Yeah, I always will try to phrase it a different way. Like, when you say this, it's hard for me to not choose to feel this way. Mm -hmm. And then that opens up a dialogue of, like, how can we work as a team to figure this out instead of being like, I am attacked. I am the victim in this situation. But it's also, um, this is a bit 
old school of music, but um, particularly with romantic relationships, I think that there is a strong masculine-feminine polarity when you're in a masculine-feminine relationship, regardless of the gender of your partner, if you feel that energy in a relationship. So, like, I kind of like my partner being really, like, I don't know, like, firm, and he's very, like, scientific, and I really appreciate that, and it allows me to be really soft and feminine. And if I'm careful to express in the right ways, like you were saying, Simone, instead of being like, oh, I just, I don't know, I just feel that way, I'll be like, well, when I've done this research, I've tried out this experiment and I noticed this on myself and my body. Yeah. So it's just anecdotal and like, it's just an You're interesting You're just sort of translating it to the language yeah. of male energy. Yeah, learning the language of that. Masculine energy. But so, but like, so I'm pretty masculine, but I'm also feminine. So like, what mm. do I do? <laughs> well, you probably uh, turn up the volumes different based on who you're with, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. Wow, I th- also think we need to wrap this <laughs> yes. up. This is a whole other, other. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I definitely want people to be able to find you and hire you and buy your products. Mm-hmm. Um, so where can people... Yeah, not everyone gets them free like we do. Yeah. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on at my website, which is isabellafrappier.com. That's got links to like all my other sites. And that's like, F-R-A-P-P-I-E-R. And I know that um, the Facebook group is secret. Yeah, private. so I run this like secret private Facebook group. That's are really, we allowed to acknowledge that we're both members of it? You totally are. Okay, cool. Because we, we are. are. No, it's like the hottest Facebook group, and it's just very sweet and inclusive, and everyone's really understanding and keen to like learn and not. And when we say women, else. it's women with an X. So it's women anyone. with an X. That's really important to me. Like yeah. you don't have to have a uterus to be involved in the group, but you need to identify as, as feeling yeah. female. Well, we are so grateful for that community. <laughs> and like, oh, I'm so glad you guys love you it. find community. Yeah, that's how we met. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Well, we are so grateful to know you, and I can't wait to put more of this on my body and smell myself more. Um, thank you for joining us as My always pleasure. on Sluts and Scholars. You can find us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Slut Scholars. And remember to send us your questions because we're going to be trying to answer at least one weekly at Sluts and Scholars at Gmail. Sluts and Scholars.